Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Congratulations, true crime addicts. We've survived another week. It is Friday, September 9th, 2022, and these are the top true crime stories in the world, brought to you by me, James Renner. There's the bell. The seal of approval. Hey, um... As soon as I'm done with this episode, I'm jumping on a plane. I'm heading down to Savannah, Georgia for the True Crime Expo down there. I hope to see you there. Um, if not, uh, catch me at CrimeCon next year. Um, yeah, I'm also uh, going to partake in the PNW, the Pacific Northwest uh, True Crime Festival, later this year. So um, I'd like to meet up. If you are in the area, jamesrenner.com has all the information there. So um, a quick report on this podcast. Thank you for listening. We're on YouTube as well. If you're listening on any sort of podcast device, something weird happened this week. Uh, just two days ago on Wednesday, the listenership doubled and it took me a while to figure out what was going on, but it appears as though these listeners are coming from the Samsung app. Apparently, Samsung has an app that'll t t take you to podcasts. Um, I don't know if we were featured there, but whatever happened, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, and uh, you know, this is this is what you get. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> as always, we have uh, Walter on camera. Say hi, Walter. All right, thank you very much. Um, and uh, here's the top stories. I, some of these fell through the cracks this week, but I feel as though these are the top true crime stories um, since the queen herself was not murdered. Uh, we are not going to talk about that, but these are the top true crime stories from around the world. Last Saturday, a reporter, a journalist, an investigative journalist from the Las Vegas Review Journal, his name was Jeff German. He was stabbed to death outside his home in Las Vegas. 
Now, there's all sorts of ways to meet your maker in the Sin City, as they say. You could end up in uh, Lake Mead in a barrel, as we've seen in the last couple weeks. But Jeff German is a weird target. He's 69 years old. He's a seasoned reporter. So he doesn't really have too many enemies, anyways. So um, the police reviewed surveillance footage from around his house, around the time of the murder, and they found images of a man dressed in like orange construction gear and a wide brim hat. And when I say wide brim hat, think the guy from Curious George, uh, the, you know, the, the keeper of that, of the monkey, of the ape. It doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey, even though it, it you, you know, you know the deal, whatever he was, George. Um, that wide brim hat. It was a weird, ridiculous disguise. And then they found a vehicle that they believed that this killer drove away in. And the police sent the video to of this vehicle to the local press out there. And the vehicle was a maroon GMC Yukon Denali. And when that was released, Jeff's colleagues at the Las Vegas Review-Journal were like, well, wait a second, we know that vehicle. Uh, turns out, so let me give you a little background first on Jeff German. We're going to go back in time. For the last several weeks, Jeff German has re been reporting on the misdeeds of Clark County Public Administrator Robert Tullis. Tullis. And because of his reporting, Tullis lost his re-election bid. He was out of a job. And uh, German was working on a follow-up article, and he was requesting emails between Tullis and an employee with whom Tullis is alleged to have been playing hide the sausage, if you will. And as a as as Coincidence would have it, Tellus also drove a GMC Yukon Denali, just like the killer. So on Wednesday morning, Las Vegas police served a warrant on Tellus's house. By the end of the day, Tellus was arrested for murder. So this is another example of the growing threat against investigative journalists. Uh, please stop killing the messenger. These people, it's a craft. You know, one time an editor explained to me that uh, journalism, investigative journalism, was a craft like um, carpentry. And you learn the, the trade, you learn the tools, and uh, it's, it's just a blue-collar job like anybody else. Um, unfortunately, reporting on some of the worst moments of somebody else's life but uh, up until recently, the, those crazy people would only go after your sources. Now suddenly we're in an age where they're attacking the journalists themselves. Uh, so tragic story out of Vegas. Story number two. All these stories this week are, they could be like a Coen Brothers movie. They're um, kind of uh, folk tales. 
you know, ways in which we, we reflect life back on itself and, and we think there, but for the grace of God go I. And, uh, you know, these are the choices that we would have made differently. This is another one of those fables. Do you, first of all, do you, do you guys know what a locked room mystery is? Those are the best unsolved mysteries of all. Uh, it's what Sherlock Holmes specialized in. Locked room mysteries are where somebody has died and they're literally in a locked room and there are no clues to go on. And you have to figure out what happened, where the killer is, how he got away with it. There was a real world locked room mystery this week that police have already solved. This happened up in Washington, Washington State. On September 1st, Police did a well check. That's where somebody isn't reporting to work and the friends haven't heard from them in a while. They call the police and they say, hey, go check on this guy. Well, this is, this is what happened. So 51-year-old Daniel McCaw hadn't been seen by friends or coworkers for several days. They called the police. The police went to check. Nobody answered the door. This is coming from the Daily Mail, by the way, the bastion of journalism that they are. They found Daniel McCaw, the police did, inside his locked house. He had a gunshot wound to the head, so they ruled it suicide. After all, there was no signs of a break-in. Must have been suicide, right? Uh, they also had to relocate McCaw's German Shepherd. McCaw's German Shepherd. He had a big dog. They had to relocate it. That comes into play here in a minute. Meanwhile, in seemingly unrelated news, the police were also dealing with the search of a missing teenage boy. One, uh, this is a 16-year-old high school football player named Gabriel Michael Davies. He was reported missing after he didn't show up for football practice one day. So you've got this guy shot to death in his locked house. You've got this missing 16-year-old. And the police started looking into this missing 16-year-old. They interviewed his family, and they find out that Gabriel Davies, his mother, was dating the dead guy, Dan McCaw. And they thought, isn't that a coincidence? So they looked a little deeper, and they realized that McCaw's house has a doggy door because this German Shepherd has to come and go when it needs to go. And, uh, you know, Davies was just small enough to fit inside that door. Well, they quickly located Davies, by the way, and they promptly arrested him for the murder of McCaw, along with one of his friends. Uh, and they have surveillance video showing Davies and this friend coming to McCaw's house around midnight, around 2 a.m. actually, and they are there for about 40 minutes before they hurry away on the night of the murder. So it's a pretty open and shut case. Now, now there's one more twist in this sordid story. Davies' dad claims that his son was 
well, he was, he claims he was beaten up by this biker gang that McCaw was a part of. And this biker gang said, if you don't go and kill McCaw, we're going to kill your whole family. Like something out of Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul or something. Something that doesn't happen in real life. So that's the defense they're, they're going with at the moment. Um, now, Davies and his friend are charged as adults. Now, remind, remember, they're 16 years old. This is a terrible murder. But um, you're also dealing with, you know, there's, there's science that points to the fact that uh, your prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain that regulates impulse control, doesn't fully form until you're 25. So... I don't know how in control any 16-year-old boy is of their actions. I don't know if they should be charged as a, as a juvenile or an adult, but a uh, crazy case out of Washington, right? Uh, last story. Gather round, children. I have to tell you the story of Fat Leonard. Uh, <laughs> the story begins in 2016 when news of a dirty contractor leaked online. And this dirty contractor, they, the, the, the reporter said, was working with the U.S. Navy. They, the, and, and they revealed his name, this Fat Leonard. Um, his real name is Leonard Glenn Francis, a.k.a. Fat Leonard, because he's not skinny. Uh, and they, they claim that he had swindled the Navy out of 35, this is the government, the United States government, out of $35 million by inflating invoices from his company, uh, which was a Navy contractor. And, um, uh, you know, that's going to catch up with you eventually. There's, you know, the government is audited by the most anal retentive nerds. They're going to find the missing money. So, you know, unfortunately, they, uh, they got Fat Leonard, and they turned him as a witness. And, you know, because he doesn't want to go to prison for the rest of his life, he's like, hey, I'm going to talk, I'm going to tell you about everybody that was in on this deal. Four, there were four convictions out of this. 29 people took plea deals. This is according to an article by Esquire, which I link in the liner notes. He's facing 25 years in prison and you're, you're wondering right now, James, why do I care about any of this? Well, here's the news. Here's the true crime story. Fat Leonard is on the lam. He ran away this week. They had him on an ankle monitor because he was going to be sentenced this month. And uh, he just disappeared. The police noticed some abnormality on his ankle bracelet. And they showed up at his house, knocked on the door, and nobody answered. They realized everybody's gone. And they asked the neighbors, hey, what's going on with this fat Leonard guy? And they said, well, there were moving trucks here all this week. He's gone. So fat Leonard is on the run. Surely he's not technically running, but he's missing. Um, they, <laughs> they found that bracelet, by the way. He had cut it off. Um, now, the, the scary part here is Fat Leonard's three children are also missing. It's presumed he took them with him. I don't know if he's off to Mexico or a non-extradition treaty country. Who knows? But 
it's a big story and will just get bigger. So the search for Fat Leonard is in full force. Those are the top true crime stories this week. I'm going to be right back with uh, some crazy cold case updates, genetic genealogy. I've got a weird news uh, true crime story that you're going to want to hear. Lots more to come. Stay tuned. We'll be back in two and two. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, it's Walter from True Crime This Week. Made in small batches in Vermont. Silk City hot sauce is made with locally grown peppers and has several flavors to choose from, like like this one right here. You're going to love it. Uh, there's mild sauces like Aztec Attack and Maple Chipotle. Medium blends like Badass Jew and Dragon. There's also some just that are just plain hot. Too hot for me. Oh, oh too hot. Uh, <laughs> like Climate Change. There's also super hot like Ghost Whisperer. Also, check out the new Bloody Mary Mixer. One of my favorites. Uh, it features tomato, horseradish, habanero, and pickles, and a sauce called Fired Up that features farm-fresh carrots and mangoes. Every flavor has awesome original comic book artwork. Just look, look at this right here. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> uh, they look awesome. Go to SilkCityHotSauce.com and use coupon code CRIME for a sweet discount. That's CRIME, C-R-I-M-E to receive 15% off your order. I'm Walter with True Crime This Week. Thank you very much. And we're back with Married with Children, starring Ed O'Neill. Hey, uh, so here's some crazy cold case updates for you. Uh, this first story out of Kansas City, there's some good police work that was done out there this week. Earlier this year, a woman named Dayena Mitchell came to the police to report a missing person, her mother, Gwendolyn Robinson. But Gwendolyn had gone missing in 1983. 
She uh, was an African-American by descent, kind of fell through the cracks. Nobody was really actively working her case. She pitched it to the detectives. They're like, oh my God, let's write this wrong. Let's see if we can solve it. So she said, what happened to my mother? Let's figure this out. She was wondering if maybe her mother had just gone off and started a new life, maybe had a new family somewhere. And then enter a detective named Darren Lee, who was working the case. Now, Gwend uh, Dayena showed him a picture of Gwendolyn, her mother, who had gone missing. And Darren Lee is one of those old school detectives where he kind of keeps everything in his brain. And something kicked up when he saw her picture and he said, oh, wait a second, I think I remember her. I've seen that face before. And he thought and he thought and he thought and he realized that he had seen that face in a composite sketch that he had seen a couple years ago. And it was a composite sketch of a Jane Doe that was found in the area in 1985. And they did, all they found was a skeleton. So uh, they did this facial reconstruction and then kind of guessed what her face would look like. And he's like, this looks a lot like that. So they did a DNA test against the skeleton and compared it to uh, Dayena, Gwendolyn's daughter. And ding, 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 it's Gwendolyn. Of course it is, uh, confirmed. And now, so that's the first half of this mystery. She was wondering all this time what happened to her mother. Well, she's a homicide victim. Now, now that they know who she is, they can concentrate on the search for her killer. So good job there. Maryland police this week solved a 51-year-old cold case murder, and they did it with good old-fashioned police work. This was not done with genetic genealogy. No fancy DNA here. Way back in 1971, 53-year-old James Tappan Hall was working... First of all, uh, who names their kid Tapp, like Tappan Hall? Like, I, we, we've kind of gotten out of that tradition, but that's, that's very strange. Um, but, you know, they, they go with their full name, James Tappenhall. Anyways, back in 71, 53-year-old James Tappenhall, which means he would have been born in like the 20s uh, or the teens. He was working as a part-time security guard at Manor Country Club when he interrupted a burglary. And he was shot and killed. He died three days later, though, of his, of his wounds. Uh, you know, this at a time where the, we had barely discovered penicillin. Detectives went back. Uh, I think they were prompted by the 50th anniversary of this unsolved murder. And it's one of their own. It's, it's uh, a man in blue, right? So they went back and opened up all the files, and they started from square one, and they started re-interviewing witnesses. And they came across a guy named Larry Becker, who was interviewed way back in 71. Never as a suspect, but maybe somebody with some information. They went looking for him and discovered that Larry Becker had skipped town shortly after he was interviewed by, by police way back then. And he had changed his name from Larry Becker to Larry Smith. And so, of course, the police are wondering, what's going on here? 
They tracked him down. They found Larry Smith, and they started to question him, and he broke. Obviously, he was waiting for this moment, and he admitted to killing James Tappan Hall. So that's, that's good old-fashioned police work, and it's what you do in an old cold case when you have no other leads. You go back to square one, and you re-interview everybody. This is how it works. This is how it's solved. Now... Genetic genealogy news. This is the future. Uh, this is a really cool case because it's a genetic genealogy dubber, double header. Genetic genealogy double header. Say that 10 times fast. Police in Georgia used genetic genealogy to identify a Jane Doe found off the highway in 1988. Genealogist took information and they retested the DNA and they got this profile, they put it in family tree and GEDmatch and they traced it to the family of Stacy Lynn Chahorsky. And they figured out that this is in fact Stacy. They're Jane Doe. Great, now we know who the victim is. The police were ecstatic. And they, they said, well, we, we also have DNA, we think, from her killer. Let's see if we can find that too. So they went back to their genetic genealogist. They started the whole process over. We have the victim's name and now they use genetic genealogy to track down the suspect one, Henry Frederick Wise. Now, Henry Wise was a stunt driver. His nickname was Haas. Now, here's the bad news. Haas died in a car crash in 1999 at the uh, Myrtle Beach Speedway when he was racing one of those stunt cars. His body was burned to a crisp. This just shows you the power of genetic genealogy. First, we identify the victim, then the suspect. And if as long as there's DNA, we've seen the truth will out and murder cannot be hid by long. Uh, one last genetic genealogy case for you this week. A 49-year-old father of four was discovered to be a rapist this week. He was the rapist behind a 1991 assault, the police say. The link him, they linked him via uh, genetic genealogy. This happened in Calgary, Canada back in 1991. And at sentencing on Wednesday, the 49-year-old man said he isn't the man he was 30 years ago. At the time, he was 18 years old, teenager, intoxicated. Remember, your prefrontal cortex does not develop until you're 25. That's the impulse control part of your brain. It's worth considering, right? Anyways, he was found guilty. Um, I'm interested to know what you think. In, in Canada, he faces a small sentence. We're talking like seven years. But in, in the United States, we'd be calling for, you know, his, his uh, incarceration for life. But what do you think about that when somebody commits a crime like that when they're 18, but then they go on to lead a very successful 
life. They raise four kids. They have a, a work, working marriage. What happens with that? Uh, seriously, I want to know. Send me your, your emails. Hey, I've got some weird true crime news for you uh, here. This is courtesy of Reddit. This is from user Massive Brilliant 41 and it talks about this is technically a crime. This is a uh, broadcast uh, interruption. This is one of those things that is very rare. But, you know, back in the day when we had like five or six channels on TV, occasionally somebody would try to, you know, pirate, just like pirate radio, but pirate TV. They would try to break into the TV broadcast, and the FCC regulates that, and it's a big deal when it happens. And this is one of those unsolved crimes that's kind of kooky. This happened in Germany on November 7, 2004. And they were airing a commercial for the Mini. It was a car brand in Germany. And suddenly the picture goes to static for a solid 30 seconds. And in broadcast TV, 30 seconds of dead air is an eternity, by the way. And then suddenly, and this is reported by the people who were kids then who were watching TV when this happened, they say that some sort of greenish-looking alien appeared and on TV and they were sitting behind a, a desk of some sort and they were looking at a paper just like I am and reading off of it and speaking into something that looked like a microphone and then it was looking to the left looked back at the camera it seemed confused the picture went to static again for a few seconds and then the commercial continued as normal. And everybody was like, what the, f what just happened? Well, the next day, that TV station, they ran that commercial again and they said, oh yeah, hey, remember that weird thing that happened yesterday? Well, it was just a viral ad for the video game Halo 2. It's kind of a pirate advertisement. So don't worry about it. And then they aired that pirate advertisement again and everybody was like wait 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 that's not the weird alien we saw reading off some sort of you know message that he had prepared uh so it was it was weird that they came on and gave this video that had nothing to do with it so everybody's wondered since then what the heck was that so if you want more information go to reddit's unresolved mysteries sub and uh, and read the full story that'll give you links and everything it's also in the liner notes of this podcast i like it because it's not like a, a gruesome murder right let's take a look at pop culture netflix announced this week that Un unsolved mysteries will be coming back for a third season beginning october 18th and uh They've started to mix those Unsolved Mysteries with, like, the paranormal a little bit, just like they did with the Robert Stack days. And, uh, you know, I'm all for that. I remember being, you know, 12, 13 years old and watching the original run of Uns Unsolved Mysteries. And it, I just, that opening credits, that music would start. 
he didn't raise the hairs on the back of my neck and just listening to the music would freak me out and I'd have to stay up all night. So uh, happy that <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries is back again. I don't understand why I'm not narrating it though. So if you know anybody, tell them I'm, I'm for hire. Uh, the other news in pop culture this week is there's a new true crime documentary on Netflix that you got to check out. It's called Indian Predator, Diary of a Serial Killer, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. And this is when a suspect is found in a journalist's murder. More and more of those these days. The case is considered closed until a secret diary suggests 13 more victims and possibly cannibalism. So this Indian predator at the center of the documentary is also known as the Butcher of Delhi. This takes place in the subcontinent, the country of India, uh, and specifically Delhi between 1998 and 2007. It's one of their most famous serial killers, so check it out. Let's check the charts. These are the top true crime podcasts in the world, according to Chartable.com, which keeps track of those things. And uh, Crime Junkie reigns supreme, as always. And again, this week, you know, one week, Morbid's on there. One week, it's not. Morbid's not on there again this week. I don't know what's going on. It's very weird. Uh, <laughs> at number three, though, is a new podcast I'd never heard about. And that's very rare for somebody to just pop up on the scene like that, get all the way to number three. And I, I like this. I'm going to have to check it out. Number three is The Letter. Here's the write-up. In August of 1996, longtime friends of The Verge, uh, I'm sorry, longtime friends on the verge of adulthood. This reads like, like they're pitching a movie already. Zachary Snarr and Yvette Rodier headed into the mountains a few miles from their Salt Lake City homes where they planned to spend the evening taking pictures of the rising full moon. But a 19-year-old stranger carrying a gun happened across them, changing dozens of lives with one fateful decision. The crime sent shockwaves through the community that continued to reverberate long after the media turned its attention to other tragedies. But nobody expected what came next. The letter. What letter? Got to check it out. All the way at number 33 this week is The Murder Sheet, which I implore you to check out. They're doing great work. This is true journalism. Every week, The Murder Sheet likes to cover the uh, several cases, but specifically the Delphi murders of Libby and Abby. And they're doing a great job. They're breaking news. This week, they have an interview with our friends uh, at the Prosecutor's Podcast. Alice and Brett, so give it a, give it a shot. Uh, check it out. And that's the news for this week. Uh, and I guess we're out of here. And it is Friday, which is always reason to celebrate. I'm heading out to the, the uh, airport right now in uh, Akron, Canton. I found a flight out of Akron. We have a little airport here called the Canton-Akron Airport, and it's uh, anagram. That it's... it's uh, abbreviation is C-A-K. So I'm flying out of the CAC all the way to Georgia. Midnight train to Georgia. I'm heading out over to <laughs> the Crime Expo, so join me if you can. 
And that's the news. And as always, in the words of the incomparable Murray Saul, we got to, 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 get down, damn it. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.